Welcome to Tech Force Middle East. We have the privilege to speak to some of the most inspiring women in the region on this show. Leaders, visionaries, influencers, and business people. And I'm delighted to be joined by Sophie Simpson. Hello, Sophie. Hello. Sophie has had a long and illustrious career working in PR with some of the most famous brands in the world, including Vogue. In 2016, Sophie founded Ateline, an award-winning communications agency based here in Dubai that tells stories and builds brands across the GCC for some of the biggest names and inspiring startups in the world. Sophie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We have so much to learn from both of you and I can't wait to get started. But before we get started, some quick questions to get to know you. Okay. <laughs> Your favorite and least favorite movie. You know what? I almost don't want to admit this, but any James Bond movie is probably my favorite, especially on a Sunday night. And worst would be any horror movie and nothing to do with horror. Not a fan of horror films. Yeah, but I'm not sure if I want that to go out. My favorites are James Bond movies. <laughs> what about face-to-face um, -face networking or social media networking? Always face-to-face, -face, most definitely. Open or private office? Open. And would you rather eat whatever you wanted and never be able to listen to music or to listen to whatever you wanted and only eat cheap airplane food? Oh my gosh, eat. Always eat whatever I'd want, 110%. Food all the way. Food all the way, without even a doubt. In fact, I'm going on an airplane uh, this evening and I won't be eating the airplane food. So Do you that's... not eat at all on the plane? No, I don't. How like long is the flight? Uh, nine hours. You're not going to eat anything for <laughs> nine hours. Get to sleep. Nine hours. Nine hours of total uninterrupted sleep, I hope. Amazing. Well, Sophie, let's get down to business. Um, in your own words, can you tell us a bit more about who Sophie Simpson is? Of course. So... I'm the managing director and founder of Ateline, which is a communication agency based here in Dubai, where we are today. And, but more importantly than that, I'm also a mother of two wonderful children and a wife of a wonderful husband called Charlie. And talking about Ateline, uh, we were talking outside about the myriad of awards that you've won. PR leader of the year, medium-sized consultancy of yeah. the year, best PR events. Have you won any other awards? Well, we did win a couple more. One was best use of influencers uh, in the MENA region. And then we actually got one that I feel very passionate about. And that's a highly commended for one of our rising stars. So that identifies the leading talent under 30 in the, in the Middle East and North Africa. And a wonderful girl called Hanin on our team won it. So that's uh, it was very exciting. Well, congratulations on all these amazing awards. I'm sure they're well-deserved. Um, talk us through the moment leading up to your decision to deciding to become an entrepreneur. Well, you know what? My parents had their own company. So I think it was always inherently built in me that potentially I was going to want to have my own company. And it was always sort of quite championed within our family that this is quite, you know, something that's very achievable and why not do it? But it was when I was working here in the Middle East, all of a sudden I finally saw an opportunity in the market and I thought, this is my moment. I know exactly what the opportunity is and potentially also what the challenges were other companies in the same industry were, were finding. And I had no responsibilities. I wasn't married, no children, had myself only to look after. And I was like, let's just do it now. It's give it a go. And yeah, I, I confidently took a step forward and uh, set up the company. Amazing. What were some of the, the challenges that you faced in setting up Atalin? So definitely bootstrapping the business. So funding it myself is, is a nightmare. I think I was, yeah, I was on 
paying myself the smallest amount. I'd saved money and I was eating literally canned tomatoes and pasta for dinner and just hustling. So this is always the hardest bit. The finances, especially in a place like the Dubai in the Middle East, which is incredibly expensive, is always going to be your biggest challenge. And then of course, setting up the company is new. I had never set up a company before, understanding if I wanted to do it in a free zone or do it onshore and the nuances of doing it in this market. And then really going out and building the the client portfolio. So reaching out to contacts, I took a, a very strict approach with myself where I said I would never take a client of another company and I would never take an employee of another company. It was about looking for those people that were, you know, seeking out PR and or didn't have it or had moved on and trying to build it that way with some integrity. Have you ever had it the other way where someone's taken an employee of yours or a client of yours? You know what? No, I haven't. And it's really, really nice to see. I'm sure maybe it happens, but no, it's it's so far so good. Hopefully that means we're doing a good job. <laughs> Heads can't be turned, but I know I know people do go looking around and it was actually only at the awards uh, last week that one of my employees said, oh, the last time I was here, this company came up and approached me. So, and fair, fair enough, there's, you know, there's no rules to that. So it's your approach and why not? It takes a lot of, you know, tenacity and do it, I guess, if it's each to their own. That's very commendable, especially in the competitive space that the agency business is in. Talking about the competitive space, how do you, what makes Atalin different to other communication agency companies here in the UAE? Because I know there's many. So this was, I think, maybe the main reason I set up Ateline, and it was not to reinvent the wheel. In fact, if you go to the UK, Australia or New York, you would find a lot of agencies like us. But there was really sort of, I'd say, four things that I felt was missing specifically in this region. And we're a GCC agency at the end of the day. The first was that not everything was done in-house. So I believe what you, you know, the people you meet, the service you offer should be under one roof. So we don't ever work with freelancers or outsource anything. It seems obvious, but it's, of course, it's a little bit harder to build a business because you have to invest in that that resource. Uh, the second thing is that we don't work on projects as an agency. So we couldn't have a client come to us and say, we would like to do an event for three months. Um, can we work with you? You have to work on full-time retained work with us. So our clients work annually. We still have the very first client we ever signed as an agency. I know you've had one of our clients, Salama, on the, on the podcast as well, who we've been working with for maybe three years or so. So it really is about building those long-term relationships. And I found in this region that is a very transient place. People are coming here quite rightly to, to maybe build their own business or to try a new career or to earn some more money and to provide for their family. So it's very competitive, but people don't often come here and say, I'm coming for the next 40 years. They've left home, they're taking a chance, they're ambitious, and maybe for two or three years, you know, they're taking that opportunity on. So how do you build a business that's loyal with, you know, in this region, and that was one of the, the ways to do it, looking for clients that are keen to have consultants to build long-term relationships, build on results, and make sure that they have um, the same teams. And it, it's just made for a very solid foundation. Uh, the third thing is being a specialist. So we said, these are the sectors we look after at Ateline, um, and I can go into them in more detail later, But and we're not going to go out of those. So you're not just getting 
agency experience, you're also getting team experience. And I remember being on a team once and I thought, how on earth do I know what's going down the runway at Fashion Week and what's underneath of this car bonnet? You can't, I, you cannot know everything. And the idea is that you should know as much, if not more than your clients when it comes to this region. So I said, you, if you don't fit into these specialisms, which are always evolving as the, as the company grows, there is, you know, at this point, there isn't that place for you at the agency and vice versa. And then the fourth thing, which I guess is maybe one of the most important was team culture. So we say we're client centric, but team first. I really care about having an inclusive, honest, fair, polite, kind workplace. I know that we're all here to, you know, earn money, but why not enjoy it whilst we're doing it and do it in a way that's, you know, you would treat each other inside your, in your home one hopes as well. Amazing. You actually stole the question I was going to ask, because I was going to ask you, you build a loyal client base. How do you build a loyal employee base? Yeah. So you talked about creating this, this culture that you have at Ateline, but how do you actually go about doing that? What, from a practical standpoint? Well, there was a few, you know what, for the four reasons I set up the company, they also were because of the team. So I knew that if we had full-time retained clients, we wouldn't have these crazy highs and low of work where all of a sudden the team was working all night. Exactly. So it allowed everyone to have a work-life balance. And if everyone has a work-life balance and you have a good cash flow, then you're able to give good pay rises, you're able to reward team, you're able to make sure that they can go home on time every, you know, every month. There's always moments, don't get me wrong, but it's much more manageable. And I always knew that if I was going to start an agency, it did not have to be a boot camp. And this is what agencies are known for. And this is a lot of the time you'll have people in an agency, they'll learn their trade and then they'll go in-house because it's much more manageable to go in-house. In the same way, if you're a lawyer, lots of lawyers might go and all of a sudden go to a big company, work in-house, earn a lot of money and have much more manageable hours. So it's exactly the, the same principle. And then also just being you know, fair and honest. So always listening to our employees, trying to make positive changes. And sometimes that's as simple as a hybrid working or we do 9.30 to 5.30 instead of nine to six. So people can do the exercise in the morning or they can do bath time in the in the evening for, um, we have flexible holiday as you get more senior in the office. It's basic things, making sure our health insurance includes mental health, not just physical health. Or if you take a sick day, you don't have to get a doctor's note. You don't even have to explain why. It's based on trust. We get the job done, but we trust you, we're all adults. And that's the sort of the fundamentals of, of the agency. And it seems to have stood, a, you know, stood the test of time. And we have an amazing team that continues to stay with us. And then we can say to our clients and the people you see here today, you know, have been here for this many years. And we have this wonderful, uh, I suppose this is a very Middle East way of saying how you retain clients. We have this one story where we signed Kareem as a client and then someone moved on, we signed another client and then they moved on again and we signed another client and moved on again and we signed another client and then we just signed another client for them. I'm not gonna name them all and these people, but it shows you how over the years you've got five different clients and it's from growing with those individuals. So yeah, it works well. It's slightly different to other places in the world where you used to do 10 years and then you would have to go pitch for that client again because you had to go through the procurement process after a decade. Here it is different, but I do believe in long-term meaningful relationships and building on results. Any jobs going? 
if we can afford you. <laughs> I'd love to come and work for you. Sounds amazing. You know, one of the biggest milestones in setting up an agency, whether it's a digital agency or a communication agency, is your first client. Yeah. You said earlier that your first client is still a current client, yes, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Could you talk us about how you went around winning your first client. Absolutely. I will name this gentleman. Okay. So his name is Ibrahim Al Samadi and he started a flower shop is what it started out at six, seven, no, seven years ago. Yep. And I met him at a trade show and he said he was, you know, looking for PR, just asking around. And then I gave him a call and I said, look, I've started the agency. Could we potentially look at working together? And we sat down over a coffee in City Walk and he, just, I was really honest. I said, look, I don't have an agency yet. I don't have a team, but you're getting my years of experience for one quarter of the price and you're going to have my undivided attention. And he said, all right, I'll give it a go. It's a good deal in a sense that I get you to work on it. And yeah, seven years later, we're still growing together. He started with one shop in Dhabi. I think he has Oh my gosh, I'm going to get the number wrong, but lots and lots and lots over the GCC, even opened in London at one point. He's now on Netflix. Wow. So yeah, it's been a wonderful journey. And I mean, that really is exactly what I was hoping for. So I know a huge thanks to him for taking a chance on us. <laughs> well done. Um, there's one thing winning a customer or winning a client or winning a customer's business. Yep. There's something else maintaining it for the length yep. of time that you've kept Ibrahim, for example, seven years. It's a long time. How do you go about building trust with customers on an ongoing basis to keep them for such a long time? I always say, especially in PR, that it's not about giving a service, it's about being a consultant and always having the best interests of your client at heart. So being honest, challenging your client, making sure that they have someone appear that they can really have honest conversations with rather than just agreeing. But I always do say this in the office that it's unfortunately human nature. You're only as good as your last act. So we could have Ibrahim, for example, for seven years, but if we hosted one event last week and it wasn't good, that's all you remember. Maybe that is unfair, but that is human nature. It's the same as, you know, breaking a promise after a 20 year friendship. You Now you've broken a promise and your, your, your word is not trustworthy. So it's exactly the same in business. So just making sure that we don't ever become complacent and we're always challenging ourselves to do better and to grow and to evolve, especially in our industry where it's so fast paced. When I first started in PR, I was trying to convince clients why online was important <laughs> and there was no social media. So yeah, you have to be willing to really look inwards and, and challenge yourself and each other. Customer number one is Ibrahim. How many customers does Atelier has have you know now? What? I thought you might ask. I think there's <laughs> around like fifty something, but there's I can't. I actually don't know off the top of my. Uh, I should have worked out that figure beforehand, but I can't tell you off the top of and my. How many employees do you have? Just under thirty of us. Wow, so thirty employees servicing fifty clients. Give or take, yeah. Don't quote wow. me on those numbers. That's amazing. I mean, even if it's less than fifty, thirty cost thirty employees working with so many clients is, yeah, yeah, is amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You've it sounds like you've had a tremendous journey. What was the most unexpected thing that happened to you on this journey? I think if we ask everyone what happened over the last five years, it has to be COVID. It's such a boring answer, but I mean, it was not in any plan on any forecast. There was no preparation that was made for this hands on heart and it caught us all off guard. And that was probably 
the hardest challenge I ever went through. And at the same time, I think I, March 2020, I had my first child. I remember giving birth to her and then the phone's just ringing and off we went. But, you know, we only worked on retained clients. So these are clients that we keep year after year. So they're calling up and they stay. And if anything, some, some of them reduced by 50%, said, can we do it for two months, came back. And it just meant that we were in a really good position. But don't get me wrong, it was incredibly hard. So, so hard. And it was one of those moments where you realize in the Middle East, everyone's not here with their families. They can't walk down the street and say, you know, okay, we're going to have our bubble. Come have a cup of tea if you're British. Um, everyone was here by themselves and also a lot of young people. So just checking in on the team and we had amazing, amazing senior team at Ateline who are still here today, who really did call around and do a lot of check-ins, especially when I was a little bit out of action with my, my newborn. So it was so, really- Sorry, you had your baby during- COVID yeah, 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 yeah. In March 2020, I had her, which was a beautiful silver lining. Don't get me wrong. And maybe the perfect time because I got to stay at home and work from home with her, which was never part of the plan. But it was, yeah, it was, it was that real moment where I thought, oh my goodness, everyone is here under my responsibility. I always knew it, but it was a, a stark reminder of that. And it was, yeah, it's important. It makes, it really gives that sort of humanity to, to the business. And it's it's an important one to always have front of mind, not back of mind. Cast yourself back to when you first started Ateline. With what you know now, what advice would you give to yourself back then? I would say that you don't have to ever be the smartest person in the room, but you need to bring your team with you employ smart people and bring them on the journey with you. That's the only way you'll succeed. And I think I always knew it, but now I have proof that that is the way to succeed. It's always about a collective. And what would you say to young women or young people who are looking to start a brand new business, whether it's in social media, whether it's an agency, with any type of business, what advice would you give them? I would say if you know your opportunity, in the market, go for it, go for it. And always just make sure that you don't, you know, you are very aware you don't have to have all the answers. There's no way you'll have all the answers and work out what you don't know and find people to support you because that's how you'll succeed. Amazing. And what is something that people aren't talking about that they probably should be? I always talk about women in the workplace. It's something I write about a lot. I love to, you know, take any opportunity like this to to really talk about it because especially in the middle east there's still some work to be done here in all honesty but just a bit of flexibility especially for those women who've decided to have children and they want to come back into the workplace allowing them to have that time and to, to enter back in and really pick up their careers again there's you know a lot of work to be done there i often ask my mother well, I used to often ask her, how did you do it all? How did you run a, a company? They had, she had quite a much bigger company than I have. And had she had twins. Uh, I have a twin brother. And she always says to me, like, you just can't have it all. You have to find your support system and enjoy being a woman. Enjoy the privilege of being able to have children, if that's what you would like to do, or have your career or have both. But I would still like to find more flexibility to really encourage, you know, that that ability to have children and enjoy them and not feel guilty that you're at work. And also to be able to come into the, the workplace and not feel like you're having to take a huge step back. I'm not sure exactly what that looks like, but I do know you have to entrust 
you know, your employees to know what's right for them and allow for them to change their minds along the, the journey as they work out what their new life might be or what actually is of priority to them. So I just some work to be done there. And I think right now it's flexibility and having more and more conversations about it and not to feel shy to say how you feel or what you would like. Um, but yeah, this is something that I feel quite passionate about. And it's, I think we have to talk about it now, what it looks like and how we can improve on systems is, is another, another thing, you know, to action, but right now just to have, you know, the conversation and feel okay to do so. I think that's tremendous advice. And it's been a pleasure having you on Tech Force Middle East, Sophie. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Guys, so there you have it. We've had a great lesson in what it takes to get a business off the ground, being single-minded, relentless, passionate, and what it takes to build the culture that can sustain that vision that you have for your business. Hiring and nurturing the right people, delivering the best possible service at all times, and never straying away from the purpose that inspired you in the first place. Again, thank you, Sophie, for joining us today and sharing your tremendous experience and wisdom. It's been a pleasure, and I hope to see you soon for the next episode of Tech Force Middle East. Bye for now. Hello, everyone. It's Mark, the host of Tech Force Middle East, a new podcast sponsored by Salesforce that explores some of the important issues affecting Middle East businesses today. Every month, we'll be joined by emerging entrepreneurs, startups, and leading companies to explore how they're navigating through some of the biggest changes of our time, whether it's about financial performance and inclusion, the future of work, digital first customer experiences, or gender empowerment. We'll be learning from the best. So grab a cup of coffee and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button below and please continue the conversation in the comments. See you soon.